Welcome to Inclusive Gathering Birmingham. My name is Danielle and my pronouns are she, her. Um, if you're new to Inclusive Gathering, we are an inclusive and affirming church faith community that's based around this idea that um, we can form community based around who we include rather than who we choose to exclude. So many communities are, are based really around who, who doesn't belong. And we, we kind of flip it around and say, if we all decide that we belong together, what is it that we need to do to make that actually work? And so lots of the things that we talk about are about learning from difference and learning from one another and what that, uh, the implication is for how we, um, how we live lives of faith in the midst of that and how we explore faith if we are interested in it. So, um, so today we are starting a new series that's quite a lot about some of those core values. Um, so we thought that kind of delving into these different areas of inclusion with a little bit more detail over the next coming weeks and months would be quite a useful thing to do. So we plan to talk about things um, such as you know, disability and inclusion, neurodiversity and inclusion, um, what, it, what it means to, um, to be anti-racist and inclusive. And, um, and so we thought the best way to, to kickstart a series like that was to start at the beginning of the story of who we are as a community. Um, we realized that a bunch of us have started coming along to IGB like since the start. We might not know how, know how things kicked off to begin with. So we've invited um, some of the folks that have been were part of the original launch team to come and share the story today. Um, some of them will be familiar to you because they're still around and some of them have moved on to other things. And so um, looking forward to uh, introducing you to old friends if you've been around uh, for a while or um, just kind of filling you in on some of the gaps in the story of what we're about. So um, as I say every week, uh, whether you're gay or straight, whatever your gender identity, uh, whatever your neurotypicalness or neurodiversity, ability, disability, politics, theology, whether you believe in God, whether you, whether you don't, whether you're not sure, you're really welcome to be here with us as you are and learn with us. So the question for sharing today is radical inclusion. What does God's radical inclusion look like? For you today, wherever you are. A few years ago, the opportunity came to uh, meet some new folk in a coffee shop in Birmingham. And uh, I thought the most important part is it did really nice coffee, which it did. Um, it had been quite a while since I'd allowed myself to uh, think about what Christianity meant to me. Um, having grown up in the church and being an active Methodist minister and then have lost my faith. Um, this whole area was an area I'd not thought much time about, but thought maybe it's time to uh, sit and talk some more. I understand that this was a disparate group of people with many, many viewpoints, and this is something that quite appealed to me. Um, I've always been of the understanding that part of the Christian faith was to recognise that sometimes we come from very different traditions, backgrounds and understanding. And far from being one of the difficulties of Christianity, that was one of its great strengths. But it's not something I'd often witnessed as part of my own pilgrimage in the churches that I had been part of. 
So, not only was I enjoying a uh, cup of lovely coffee, I also had some new people to chat to uh, and really some questions to chat about. And that began my journey almost four years ago with uh, Inclusive Gathering Birmingham, from which I've done an awful lot more thinking. My, my faith has become deepened and my appreciation of inclusion in the church has grown massively. John's story of being included, our story of being included in IGB Birmingham is of two people who were two of the older people at Inclusive Gathering Birmingham and we've really found a place that we can call home that welcomes us with all of our experiences and challenges. It's a place that includes us and that for us is life-giving. I'm the Gender Inclusion Lead for the Inclusive Gathering Birmingham. Today I'm going to be reading the prayer. Almighty God, through your Holy Spirit, you created unity in the midst of diversity. We acknowledge that human diversity is an expression of your manifold love for your creation. We confess that in our brokenness as human beings, we turn diversity into a source of alienation injustice, oppression and wounding. Empower us to recognise and celebrate differences as your great gift to the human family. Enable us to be the architects of understanding, of respect and love. Through the Lord, the ground of all unity, we pray. Amen. Hi, my name's Ruth. I'm one of the ministers with the church at Cars Lane and in a small way also part of the community of Inclusive Gathering. When what is now Inclusive Gathering was first looking for somewhere to meet, I shared this with our trustees who were unanimously supportive of the idea of offering our building free as a place for this wonderful new church to meet. We entered into a partnership arrangement to enable this to happen and to offer our support. We love the vision of inclusive gathering and the charism, the spirit gift of it, and are so delighted to be sharing with you, even in small ways, and are grateful when we can worship with you, learn with you, and learn from you. This reading is from the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church community in Ephesus, a community that he had helped to get started and that he had great affection for. These are words of prayer for them. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
So we've realized that um, a lot of folks are new to inclusive gathering and maybe don't know the story of how we got started or why or why it's important. And so we've got a few of the folks today that were part of things from the beginning to help us tell the story. I wasn't around too much because I like I was around from the beginning, but I had a baby, so I was a little bit out of the out of the loop of things. But maybe like we could start off, just kind of go around and introduce yourself um, and say what your part was at the start and kind of things you do now. I remember having a slightly off the cuff conversation with Trey a while before things started, which was basically me having a bit of a moment when I was saying that I wished for a church, which was a bit like the one that I'd spent time with on placement uh, when I'd been uh, training in ministry. So it was a church in North Carolina that was a reconciling church, part of the United Methodist Church that had just been... Um, yeah, something quite incredible had a real impact on me. It was intentionally inclusive, intergenerational, really justice orientated, had a kind of a robust compassion. And I just ended up with this growing community of people who were um, lots of folk who are part of the LGBT plus community, but also people who maybe were struggling with their mental health, with long term health issues. Um, and it was just quite a, a wonderful place. And I said, I, I, that's what I felt the church should be like. Mm. Trey, what about you? I'm Trey Hall, and I was one of the founding, I guess, founding team that was sort of started the church. I love that it was a team, a team-based effort. Um, and yeah, I remember kind of lots and lots of one-to-ones at the beginning, and just listening and 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 and, and sharing. And uh, yeah, that's I, so that's I was part of that team. And now um, some of you, some of you, I don't know because my partner Jonathan and I moved from Birmingham to London about two years ago now so we've been we've been gone for two years so we were part of the church for the first kind of two two plus years and now follow y'all on socials and you know see pictures and stuff which is great my name is farah imapamula i'm a methodist presbyter serving in the birmingham circuit of the birmingham methodist district i got involved with uh which was then new inclusive church right at the onset and this just started like Christians at Pride, we we gathered together as ministers and just energized one another and said, we need to have a presence at this Pride and and trying to be God's presence, God's love, our mission enabler, Trey Hall. So <laughs> yeah, he energized us. And Eunice and Tom are like, you're still around and part of the, the core team and stuff, but maybe you kind of share your reflections of the start of things. I, I remember the start like just lots of conversations in coffee shops and meeting lots of new people which I absolutely loved and remembered all the gathering events that we had and I really loved that um, and we started having team meetings some of which I hosted uh, John and I hosted in our home and I loved that I loved um, I love people just sharing food together lots of laughter meeting lots of different people from different places and in the church that I'd um, left in uh, up north in Newcastle, it had been very passionate about justice and it had been very passionate about being inclusive. As I, I remember setting up the very first time we set up church, it felt like a party. And I loved that, a church that like a party that really celebrated life. I loved the start and I love being part of it now. I still love it. Um, so Tom, um, so I think, 
way back then, I was the uh, chair of the Methodist Society at Birmingham Uni, and I remember Trey, we invited to come and lead worship one evening. I remember afterwards he said to me that he was thinking of, you know, getting together some people to try and launch this this new, vibrant, inclusive community, and it was just what I was looking for at the time because we was sort of as a as a society, as a group at uni, we were quite independent, quite quite forward thinking, quite quite diverse, and we kind of wanted to find somewhere that was that offered us that outside of sort of a traditional church environment. The first thing that I remember us doing was was our first Birmingham Pride. That was the one of the best experiences as a as a church I think I've ever remember having. Were there some other kind of key moments in those early months, first year or two, that you point mm. to that makes you, you know, still excited? <laughs> there's there's someone who's um, not here who was part of the early kind of dreaming, uh, which is an Anglican priest called Phil Philip, who's now in Canada, and he was he was one of the he was sort of one of those early kind of conversations too, and was a uh, I just just think grateful for him. Uh, he was he was a priest in Banbury at that time, mm. and. Um, but I remember we had all these one-to-ones and then based on those one-to-ones, we had said anyone who wanted to come, to, we met at um, St. Martin's uh, in the in the si- a basement room they'd yeah. given us for free. They were so generous. And I remember we just talked, we ate. Eating was like a common thing for the church, whether that was in Eunice's lounge, Eunice and John's lounge, um, or at pubs or at Cars Lane. But I remember we ate and I remember, I think, Carrie and I and Phil, Philip kind of I just asked people to kind of share what if, if you were creating something totally new what you would create and I think that kind of filtering up and people's hopes and dreams was just I think wasn't just a, a defining moment for how the church would begin but I think became like a, a way of being for the church and I know that y'all still kind of that kind of surfacing hopes from the whole yeah. gathered people and 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 disparate people is so I, I can remember that room very clearly yeah. that night i was there with baby josie you were i, I remember you yeah. there. I remember, <laughs> remember josie tiny i just remember I how how much us sharing food has always been such a big thing i remember many evenings sat in unison or, or trade living room eating a lot of soup i think <laughs> soup yeah <laughs> i love making you soup <laughs> i was thinking about the the kind of gatherings we then had went on to in coffee shops that it feels like it was over that kind of summer early autumn but i might have misremembered um but kind of gathering in a, in a coffee shop and and just not ever quite knowing who would turn up because it was kind of you know if you want to hear more if you think you might and and this kind of mix of, of folk coming along and you know some people were understandably really wary. They were saying, are you really, really going to be inclusive? Do you mean this? Mm. Almost a, a couple of folk coming to check us out. You know, who are you? And, and, and are you going to, is this going to be a trick? Are you going to let us down again? Um, mm-hmm. and, and other people just come in, you know, full of courage, up for sharing their story, up for being, and I just, yeah, I often think about that, how courageous people were, how open they were mm. to come in and just saying, yeah, I'm, I'm up for this. I want to see if this is what this is about and, and some really beautiful conversations there mm. and, and cake and coffee of course but yeah I, I loved it. yeah I could remember the uh, it wasn't the first either <laughs> I presided over communion we shared communion and I remember I did an extempo meditation on Maranatha and that was 
as I was breaking bread, I was talking about God being there for us, God being present, God loving us all. I love that. And, and for me, the most important part of my ministry for me is upsetting the status quo. And because we went on pride, there was this assumption that new inclusive gathering was for gay people. And I loved shocking people saying, no, actually I'm heterosexual. I'm a mother of five grown up children. I loved doing that. Oh, okay. Oh, I could see the surprise on people's faces. For me, that says something of radical inclusion that this is not about a particular group of people. This is about all God's people sharing God's love. I don't have to fit a certain model for me to be a member of this particular group. I've never wanted to conform. I refuse to conform because I am who I am in Christ. So for me, yeah, that, that, that was big. I was just going to say another memory I have, which is less maybe kind of poignant in a kind of meaningful way, but um, we had planned for our first Christmas service oh. for that. Oh, we had gotten, <laughs> we had worked so hard, a whole team of teams. I mean, there's so many people to, to have that Christmas service with Eek in the, um, at Eden. And then of course it was like the snowstorm of all snowstorms. And I'll never forget how typical me, I was like, well, we'll wait, we'll wait and see if it, it's possible to get there. And so we, I think we made the call like that morning, but it was, and then the next, the next week we found a place uh, at Quarter Horse Coffee yeah. on, on the main road into town. And um, so, and it was beautiful and we were all packed in that coffee shop, but it, it was just, I remember that really, really. Ethan, really, I remember really, Ethan icing his cakes and, you know, we brought yeah. everything with him and he'd somehow managed to make more and, yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting outside in a freezing cold with a bus and all the wine trying to usher people through the door as well. Yes, on the welcome. <laughs> it's a bit of a dream for me, really, because one of the things that kind of led me to this whole inclusive church thing was the girls in Eek and how much I loved them and wanted them to feel like they would be fully welcome and included as gay folks that don't have a particular faith but are open to, you know, love and life and have stuff to give. And and they've continued to be connected and part of things and like the biggest cheerleaders and for us. And um, that was just a real, that was a major thing in my life to have those women there and like fully included and engaged and part of it. Um, so yeah, I can't I imagine that Christmas was gonna happen. I can't imagine <laughs> if you think I'm in Christmas about Eek now, it's just. No, it would be wrong. It would be. Well, we'll I, one of my lovely memories is early on uh, being sat around a table and people saying, um, you know, does this church really, really think God thinks it's okay to be LGBTQ? And I went, yeah, what, like, really? I'm like, yeah, what, really, really? Like, because who are you? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm Eunice, I'm a Christian, I'm a minister, you're a minister, you're a vicar, and you think it's all right, and he's a vicar, and he, and I'm like, I remember thinking both how beautiful that was and how ashamed I was, how ashamed that I felt there were people who were so, um, you know, that the church had said no to and how beautiful it was. And, and people who uh, took communion for the first time. And one, in one of the first times, I remember there was just a beautiful, wonderful, it was such a holy moment. 
when people and people said afterwards they felt like that was the first time anyone had genuinely said you're welcome and this bread and wine it's for you they didn't have to think is it maybe it isn't maybe it is mm. and it was such a holy moment and, mm. and I remember I still remember standing there on the edge uh, I think trade was presiding and we'd all gathered round the table and we were all stood and it just you could have heard a pin drop it just felt beautiful and I'm so thankful for those gentle beautiful holy moments it was just fab yeah I feel like you know inclusion is so much the heart of who we are we've always talked about radical inclusion being on the journey to radical inclusion and I feel like like in my life there you know the church had this role of converting me to that idea and not just about welcoming people that of all different types and particularly for me it was my friends but it was also like what about and I heard this this I'm sure it was Trey that was speaking from the front one day it's like a different idea of what faith community can be like if you start from the premise that everyone is in and that you're not trying to figure out who doesn't belong here and I just that just flipped a switch in my head and it's like well actually that's the big call to follow Jesus into that because that's not easy is it it's like you have you worry you work out all your how you live well together and um I, I guess so that was part of the need that the church was was answering and I wonder if you all could reflect a little bit on inclusion and why for you that's been such an important foundational principle for this and for life really. for me it's because I genuinely think it's God's idea and I think when we do it we're joining in with God and God's big vision of, of who God is and who the human community are. So I think it, we, we join with something really genuinely precious. It's God's idea. And we're just swimming in the flow of that. And it's, I totally agree, Eunice. It's God's idea and it's not God's new idea. It's oh. God's idea, uh, uh, God's nature from of old, you know? And I think that's the that, that's what I always wanted to say is like, this is not just a 21st century invention. This is the nature of God. This is like God's you know, personality. It's not the right way to talk about it, but like, this is who God is, you know, and always has been. But I think there's also something just more, more kind of uh, foundational around inclusion for, for every human being. And I think you were sort of getting at this, Eunice, around like, you know, inclusion is a necessary component to my mind for salvation, for knowing yourself to be um, part for being part of this kind of change process that God offers to all of us and to the whole cosmos and that God is making happen, you know, until you know yourself seen, loved, included by God, you can do some of that process, change process and work, but in, until you know yourself loved, it, it doesn't really click. And so whether you're LGBTQ, whatever your racial ethnic background, like everyone has to accept that they're accepted to use someone else's language right and that's so crucial for the whole spiritual journey whoever you are and i just think yeah anyway i'm yeah. starting to preach now it's been a while yeah. since i've been in the I pulpit think we all have so that tendency. I'm <laughs> to... yeah i think for me it's that i think this is what trey and, and Eunice are both saying that kind of real radical openness that, that's at the heart of the gospel at, at, at the heart of of our faith that that, and I think there is something deeply challenging in that, you know, because we're continually being called to, to both be aware of ourselves and others around us and what inclusion means. And, and I love that, that I think 
you know, this was a church that kind of got that from, from the start, that, that, that it wasn't something we could just say, right, you know, we've got this sorted, but mm. actually in being inclusive, you're continually called outwards to, to more and more and to recognizing the other or, or people we have othered or, or who's, mm. who's not being included. So yeah, it, it feels like just part of what we're, we're called to, to be. For me, this was a place where people could feel loved and not rejected. And that is the gospel. For me, that is the gospel because the temple is, and the temple is not a building where we feel we can reject people. So when we gather together, we gather as God's people, as people of faith with open hearts and open minds, not closed doors and closed books. Beautiful. Mm. It, was always, it was always about authenticity as well, that. Yeah. That ability to come to, to come to a place as, as you are. There's no there's no pretense. There's no there's no you've got to pretend to be someone else. So you know God welcomes all of us as we are, and that's to me that was that's an amazing thing that we can, that we can share with people. But it doesn't matter where you are in life or where you are in any any form of spiritual journey. God welcomes you today. Yeah. yeah. We've talked quite a lot in recent years, like about, well, I guess it's just the last year about this language of being a learning community. We say that a lot as a way of kind of defining what we're, you know, like we don't get everything right, but we'll learn and we'll listen and we'll adapt and we'll, we'll, we'll aim to do better to include as many as we can. And um, I don't know if you if stuff to share specifically about different types of inclusion that have been important. We've talked a little bit about LGBT inclusion, but there's all sorts of other different areas where we want to model inclusion. So. For me, I was um, I always really enjoyed at the beginning, and Kerry did was great at this, like being creative and arty and thinking about people who were neurodiverse. Mm. So Kerry. Uh, the drawn of a labyrinth which I always loved and we always had fairy lights everywhere and I, I love that we're kind of um there was laughter we didn't take our ourselves too seriously mm. and you know you didn't have to sit in a chair for worship in fact you know everyone was encouraged to go and get a brew or go and sit at a table do something else mm. and and I loved that so a church that didn't just say you're included it actually provided ways in which you could engage if actually sitting in a chair for an hour or so wasn't really wasn't your thing and uh, I love that Kerry I, I love that you did that I still remember battling with them ruddy fairy lights as well <laughs> <laughs> many fairy lights yeah that, I mean that that kind of the, the kind of neurodiversity and, and also you know for, for, for I mean ADHD stuff's part of neurodiversity but the kind of post-trauma stuff all the things that mean that people can't you know sometimes just just not being in a, in a kind of gathered worshiping space but being able to take a step back and reflect and, and and engage with wherever the spirit's at for you just felt really, really important. And I, I love to see people engage with that uh, in all kinds of, in, of different ways. Yeah. I think we've been really lucky with, with the kind of people who we've, who we've had to help lead us. I mean, I don't know another church who has sign language interpreters that are at the front yeah. of that's yeah. an for example. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to cut, cut us off too quickly, but, I wanted to ask, you know, obviously the, the world has changed quite a lot, especially in the last year, and none of us thought we were going to be um, an online community for so much of this time, and we're kind of, 
we're thinking into the future and stuff. But I wonder if you, you know, as you think of inclusive gathering, what are your hopes and your dreams and your prayers for us? They can be general, they can be wild, they can be specific. I want us when we when we finally be able to get back and meet each other, we can start our first meeting with the same spark of, of party atmosphere that we did right at the start. I haven't had a chance to to be with with y'all online um, at least recently, but um, it, it it seems like from the stuff I see later on social media, like your re recordings and stuff, like you know, you're really pushing into some new territory there. And I, I guess my prayer would be that the the learnings that you've had this year around being in virtual digital space might continue because there'll mm -hmm. be folks that you reach who you know aren't in aren't in trans aren't close transport wise to Birmingham and would still be um really really i think fed and nourished and, and challenged by by what y'all are doing with god there um and i think that i just think too like i've, I've joined a a 12-step recovery group online and i've never met them uh they're in london but i had never met them in uh, face to face and i was just thinking about because of that experience there and we've seen so many people join that 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 room since since lockdown it's just the capacity, particularly for discipleship and small groups and um, doing that kind of more, <clears throat> that small group kind of interaction where you grow, which is it's not better or worse than large group gatherings for worship. But it strikes me that like the, that, that kind of the online component is, could be so, so rich yeah. there for, for that work, um, which yeah. is what y'all do great do well anyway so yeah it's like you can't go back we're not going to go back to what it was we're going to move forward with the mm -hmm. learning that we've got and um you know i think in a lot of ways you know we've always been a church that's kind of spread out that's met met in mm -hmm. the city center but people have come from the start like an hour an hour and a half and so that might be spread out a bit further but we've always had that challenge of how you build really intimate mm -hmm. community across distance and so maybe we've got now a couple of more tools that we didn't have before. And we just kind of throw out some of the rule books of what things have to look like and just think, well, what does this group of people actually need to be connected, to love one another, to do justice where we are? I hope that we'll continue to grow in both in depth and breadth, that more people will come, that we'll be known for being a place of hope, of generosity, of love, of thankfulness, and the same authenticity will be part of our life together, that we'll ask courageous questions and live with, you know, difficult answers and responses. Mm. Um, and as, as Tom says, I really want to, the joy that we've always uh, had. I think, you know, it's been fab being online and this, it's been great as someone who's, you know, been part of all that and part of the small groups, but I'm desperate to meet everybody again. Mm. I'm well fed up on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> We had a lovely moment the other night where we were on Zoom. Oh, it won't be the other night by the time people watch this, but we had a, we had a lovely moment where people were talking after the service, the, the post Zoom thing. And there was loads of people that had not been together in person or they'd been, there were various things that made it hard for them to attend physically, but they've been really consistently coming through the lockdown. And people were sort of talking about like, oh, when we get to be together, when we get to see each other face to face, I'm just going to cry. I'm going to like, when we actually meet. And that's such a beautiful, such a beautiful idea, isn't it? You know, because the relationships are online, but it doesn't mean that they, they lack something there. There's the depth there and there's more to explore about it. Yeah. Carrie, did you have something to share of hopes? 
because of the nature of it, the way people are encouraged and invited to participate um, and to share their gifts and, and be authentically them in that space, just almost not quite knowing what might happen next. That's not to mean there's not lots of planning, but actually a sense of being willing to follow where the spirit leads, which I think is so exciting. So there are some core things which kind of allow that. Um, My hope is we can continue to have a pastor like yourself in that place where people can grow spiritually, where the confines of religiosity can be peeled off like an onion until we get to the center of the heart of God. Beautiful. Anything else? I just want to say, like, thank you for being a pioneer. And I think just to sort of second what Eunice was saying, just to encourage you to be to be bold and attentive to the Holy Spirit who keeps showing up, it sounds like, in your life, falling afresh and on pride parades and in, on Eucharists and who, who knows where else. But um, yeah, that you be bold and, and, and always be thinking about, not for the, sake of, for the sake of multiplying, but just be thinking about where are we called to seed something new in a new place or with a new people group or um, a new experiment. I just think, uh, just, I, I know God is already so active in your life as a community and just pray that you'll keep riding that, that Holy Spirit wave. Amen. Thanks everyone. Hi there, I'm Pete and it's my pleasure and a delight really to be able to share that I was part of um, the beginning of um, New Inclusive Church as it was, um, that I came and attended the very first Sunday gathering. The one thing that I think has kind of very commonly been through the whole thread of all our meetings over the past few years is the fact that we want to have a common uh, inclusivity together uh, but also a share around that time of fellowship and also about food whether that's just been enjoying Ethan's cakes um, on a Sunday afternoon which are usually fantastic and we look forward to the day we can have those again um, and whether it's when we shared in the actual meals together um, it's just been that social time, that time of real just uh, eating and gathering and, and having that moment to share. And uh, we hope that's for you who um, had one of the food boxes over the Easter weekend, you were able to enjoy um, the food that you uh, had in those boxes. Of course, for, for us as Inclusive Gathering, that also does bring about costs as well. And um, we do have to think about that. We have to talk about that. If you feel that Inclusive Gathering is part of uh, a valuable part of your life, that you feel that you want to contribute something back, uh, then there is opportunity to go um, either into the website or drop Danielle an email and um, she can send you the link to our giving page and uh, you can give there, set up a, a direct debit if you wish, or standing order, uh, or if you want to just contribute on a, on a monthly basis, uh, then you can do that through online giving. But thinking about our love feast today, that's the one thing that we try and share uh, online. And if you have your snack uh, by your side or time to get it uh, now, 
And we always think about the fact that quite often Jesus talked around to, to his disciples and talked to his followers. And, and uh, there was food often mentioned. There was food often gathered. I love the fact that when he reappeared to the disciples, um, he talked about Easter Sunday, that they gave him a piece of boiled fish to eat just to show he was real. And uh, so it's a really intimate moment that you think, yeah, I'm going to eat this and prove I am here. It's not a ghost. This was for... And so Jesus did that. And I don't have boiled fish today. I have uh, a little chocolate biscuit and I have a drink of squash. And uh, whatever you have, um, I encourage you, take it now. Um, it's a common kind of moment that we share, um, that we'll do that and eat together. Maybe jot down in the comments if you're on Facebook Live or uh, if you're following, then tell us what you're eating today and enjoying or maybe tell us what you enjoyed about the food boxes that came is there a particular thing that stood out to you uh, if you had a food box what was your highlight in that food box let's just pray before we eat uh, heavenly father we want to thank you for the opportunity to share with time with one another and though at the moment we are still distant and still apart we want to pray that uh, and we look forward to the day where we can meet and be united again and uh, we just thank you now. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this afternoon. Uh, thank you for all that those that have given to enable us to do the things that we do. And we just want to lift up them. May they be blessed uh, beyond blessed and uh, know that you are with them uh, for each person. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for each other. In your name. Amen. Amen. So I take my biscuit. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that little trip down memory lane or um, if it was new to you, new new, new information about IGB. Um, next week, we're, we're moving on to our next part of our series on inclusion. And I'm really excited that we have a guest joining us named Ross Murray, who is a senior director at GLAAD in the US, lives in New York City. And he's just this week, I think, publishing uh, his book called Made Known Loved. I met um, Ross on a Zoom last year and we, we kind of hit it off and um, he was really excited to come and connect with us. And so Ross will be speaking about this idea of an inclusion, particularly when it comes to LGBTQ plus youth, but also he'll be joining us afterwards for a Q&A. So it'd be a great time to, um, to talk with him about any questions that you have about um, youth and inclusion, but also LGBTQ advocacy and faith and um, he's just an interesting person to, to learn from. So I invite you to come along to that. Um, and then the week after that, we're talking about faith, identity, and inclusion. And we have another guest, uh, another friend, Rajiv Sidhu, who is a, um, a liberation theologian and an, ordin an ordinate in the Church of England, who is going to talk about how the intersections of different identities kind of impact our lives and our faith. I I'll mention again, I mentioned it last week, but we are... Um, working toward a kind of hybrid style of doing church community at IGV, where um, we're gonna start off at the first week uh, of June, the first Sunday of June, we're gonna have a physical gathering in Birmingham, as well as live streaming that. And we're gonna aim to do that monthly, at least to start and see how that works. But continue to have our online presence each week, especially for those of you who are not able to physically gather with us. So we're still having conversations about what that looks like. And as with everything, we're always learning, we're always adapting, we're always changing. So um, if we don't get something right the first time, we'll, we'll learn from it and we'll make some changes. So but I invite you to kind of give feedback or um, get connected with what, what those things as you feel 
comfortable with them and uh, just keep an eye on the Connecting Community Facebook group to see um, social gatherings and things like that that are coming up over, over the coming weeks, especially as lockdowns lift and people are able to meet up for walks and things like that. So with that, I'm going to um, finish with our, our uh, blessing that we share every week. May we live fully, may we love wastefully, and may we have the courage to be all that God has created us to be. And I'll see you on Zoom at 5.15.